0: Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and thanks for joining us for today's episode. Uh, the Unshaken podcast really has a specific purpose. We wanna glorify God through these regularly recorded podcast episodes that are aimed toward women. We want them to promote the truth of God's word as all sufficient and also support the belief statements of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. I just always wanna tell people that up front so they know what they're listening to. We really want these to be great and encouraging to you. We really have three things we wanna do each time we have an episode come out. We wanna inform you as a woman, on topics that are important to you. We want to encourage you to live every day for God. And we want to challenge you in your life to grow. Uh, I love podcasts because they are kind of a new, unique way to get information to people. So I hope that as you listen, in your car, at your house, in your headphones, that you're being encouraged. And these podcasts are just a mixture of personal interviews, which we're going to have one today. We're gonna have some recorded teaching events and we're gonna talk about some current event things here and there throughout the seasons. Uh, Please take a minute and head over to your favorite podcast directory, such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Hey, we are even on Spotify. And subscribe to our podcast. It really, really helps us out because we, and you can even leave us a review. It also helps you out because you get notifications of new episodes that drop each and every week. Uh, And new episodes drop every Thursday. Of course, you can always go back to our archives and you can listen to any of our episodes that you may have missed or if you're like me, sometimes you might want to re-listen to something. So you can go back and re-listen to an episode that was encouraging or helpful. The amazing part about podcasts that I love is you can listen any time of day, any time of night, anywhere you are. I love that. And you can come back and listen to the second half if you didn't get to finish it all. Hey, as I mentioned a minute ago, this podcast is under the umbrella of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. All of our social media falls under this title, Women of the Word CTW. So you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. You can head over to these accounts and you can follow them or like them. Uh, These pages cover all the ministries that are under the umbrella of Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word. Um, This includes our mom-to-mom ministry that happens monthly. It's a great ministry and we have... Um, showcased some of these talks on the um, podcast we also have a great humongous conference um, that's held each march called regarding him and we also highlight those talks but if you are local to Toledo we would love to have you come join us and lastly we have our blog which is called planted and it comes out each Tuesday you'll find some great encouragement on that and important topics for women too so hey follow us on Instagram or Facebook so This topic, though, is called everyday faithfulness, and um, I'm really excited about this one today. I think it's going to be a great conversation. Recently, I read an article about Johnny Cash. You might know who he is, probably, Um, and his wife, June Carter Cash. If you don't know them, which is possible, (laughs) um, he's a famous musician and songwriter. He sang country, rock, folk, even some blues-type music. Some of the most famous songs he had were like, I Walk the Line, Daddy sang bass. I, I, I might want to start singing in these. And the famous Ring of Fire. Now, now I'm going to sing them in my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. According to this article that I read, Johnny was a troubled but devout Christian. He often performed at the Billy Graham Crusade in the 70s and his wife sang along with him. One of the songs they sang at these crusades was, one of these days I'm going to sit down and talk to Paul. I tell you what, I think I'd like to sit down and talk to Paul. I think that'd be great. An interesting thing about Johnny Cash is that he and his wife died about four months apart. She died from complications in heart surgery, and the article said he actually died from a broken heart. Now, we know no one dies from a broken heart. I actually have a nurse today on the episode with me, so we'll ask her about that if people do. Um, but he actually died from complications to diabetes. But this got me thinking about people who die close together, because I've heard of lots of people who die within like 24 hours of each other, couples. Um... I don't know where Johnny and, and his wife June ended up. I don't know if they were true believers or not. I don't know them. I do think it was pretty crazy that they were married for 35 years and they were both famous. Uh, that's unusual in the world. Usually there's a lot of divorce. Um, I will say that I often equate faithfulness with marriage. I think when someone's been married for a long time, I think they're being faithful. But I think today we're going to talk about how faithfulness kind of can be a part of our life in lots of ways, not just in marriage. Um, And we're going to talk about how it looks for a Christian to live a faithful life and how God perfectly exemplifies the topic of faithfulness. I've brought on with me a good friend today. Her name is Kylie Ursham. She and I have been friends for a while now, and uh, I think we've been on Bible study for like five years, I think. Our kids are friends, and I have to tell you, Kylie has a really good story to tell, and I think we're going to get some really good insight on the topic of faithfulness. So welcome, Kylie.
1: Thank you for letting me be here, Julie. I always
0: ask you some things so our listeners can get to know you. So uh, tell us a little bit about you, about where you live and what do you do all the time? What fills up your days?
1: So I'm a wife, a mom, a daughter, friend, a nurse, and believe it or not a farmer. That's a lot right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in the mornings I get the kids on the bus and I take a shower. And believe it or not, a shower is um, something I do every day. So it's an easy time to remember to pray. Mm -hmm. And um, I press play as well on my Bible app. And so I can listen to uh, quite a few chapters. And it's something that I remember to do every day because of my shower.
0: And then if you listen to more chapters, it just allows you to stay in the shower longer, right? (laughs) I had to listen to seven chapters today. So I was in the shower for 15 (laughs) minutes.
1: So that's the start of my day, and um, then I'm going to bed. I have no idea how it happens that fast, uh, but I go to bed and I think, where did the day oh, go?
0: Yeah, all the middle gets mixed up, yes. Yep. yeah. It's crazy. And it sounds like all your your hats that you wear, from mom and wife and farmer and nurse, all those things, they just eat up your day. Yes, yeah. Yep. In good ways, not bad ways, but good ways. If you could have a yummy snack, like no calories, no health issues, you could eat anything you wanted, what would you eat?
1: So if my husband was home, we would go on a Mexican date because um, it tends to be on the cheaper side, but also it's our favorite type of food to eat. And then recently my husband stopped at Gordon's and brought home those delicious frozen cookies and he totally is sabotaging me oh, and no. the rest of our house. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: are you talking um, sugar cookies? Or are you talking Christmas cookies? Christmas cookies. Frosting. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that, that means you empty the box quickly. Yes. You keep feeding them to your kids in their lunches so you don't eat them, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we're going to talk, Kylie, about the topic of faithfulness. And I'm really glad you're here with us. I always want to start with kind of like um, some foundation. So, Let's talk about what's a definition of faithfulness.
1: So I looked on Google. Oh yeah, Google is where we look for everything, right? Right. (laughs) And um, Google says that faithfulness is being committed to someone or something loyal, truthful, and dedicated.
0: Okay, that's a good definition. I like that. Um, What about, um, what is the Bible? Does it give us a different definition? Sometimes the Bible um, will help us to see it differently. So...
1: Faithfulness is actually one of the seven fruits of the Spirit. Um, It is the seventh. And because God is faithful to us, we are expected to be faithful to him, which that requires trust and loyalty to God. Hmm. It's definitely an attribute of God, although he calls us to be an example of him.
0: Yeah. So that means I think that it's a communicable attribute. That means we can have it too. God has it perfectly, but we can exemplify it. But there are some attributes that God has that we can't have, like we can't be omnipresent.
1: Yes. Although definitely. as a mother,
0: that would be one that would be really nice yes. <laughs> to be everywhere all the time, right? Yes. Um, that'd be good. OK, so what are some examples from the Bible and on faithfulness?
1: One of the first examples that comes to mind is Mary. Hmm. When the angel came to Mary and gave her the news of um, a baby in her belly not only a baby but the um, savior of the world it would be god's son she had a huge risk of giving up her husband and possibly her life even at that time yeah and in her immediate response she says may it be done to me wow the next example i think of would be joseph and joseph he gave up Immediately, respect and hopes of the beginning of his marriage at this news. And yet, when he is directed to follow through with accepting Mary as his wife, he re- readily did so. Mm-hmm. Quickly, like. Yes, almost yeah. immediately. Another example is Sarah. Like from the Old Testament? Yes, yeah. Okay. So, Sarah was married to Abraham and she was uh, noted to be very beautiful. Hmm. And she obeyed her husband by saying that she was a sister to, in order to protect everybody. And because of this obedience to her husband, she was blessed in her old age with Hmm. her son, Isaac. Hmm.
0: Yeah, those are good. They show some very specific faithfulness and faithfulness is part of obedience. Like there is a part of obedience and faithfulness. They kind of go together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting how these um, character qualities kind of blend. Um, But was Sarah perfect in her faithfulness? Absolutely not. (laughs) I think that's a great example. She kind of messed up a few times. I remember when in the story, when she was told she was going to have a child. Do you remember what she did, Kylie? She laughed. Yeah. So she was not faithful. She didn't trust perfectly, which I think is good. Not that she didn't trust perfectly, but because we don't trust and we don't have perfect faithfulness. And yet God used her. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, since we talked about the Bible's definition, uh, what, Kylie, is the world's definition of faithfulness and where do we see this in the world?
1: So the world's definition is similar in some ways, but it's a more me focused role that we fulfill. So like you can have faithfulness to be a good wife, a good mother, a good worker with worldly consequences instead of godly consequences and direction.
0: Okay, so um, it sounds like what you're saying is it's kind of a heart, heart issue, right? Like um, we could be faithful to a cause or to our job because it's the right thing to do or we might get promoted along the way but, or we might feel good at what we're doing but that isn't the same type of faithfulness that God calls us to have in the Bible. He calls us to be faithful to bring glory to him. Yes. Which, of course, it's good to be good in your job, right? Yes. And it's wonderful when we're promoted Yes. Or when we are known as a, as a faithful mother, for example. But I think there's an important part about looking at our hearts. All right. So, okay. So, Kylie, I know that in your life you have dealt with some challenging things. And um, I know some of your story. But our listeners don't. So how has God shown you faithfulness in your life?
1: Well, I guess I should start this um question with a little description of me so this is how um as my life has continued to grow here how I would describe myself so number one I am self-sufficient I've felt that way my entire life even though I I know it's not true um I am educated although I'm not the brightest crayon in the box (laughs) and I have a sense of always being in control And I have really never been a fearful person. And then, cancer. Mm -hmm. I was 39 years old, and I had five kids. The oldest, which was probably about 13, and the youngest being four. Wow. And suddenly, the things that I felt that defined me were quickly taken away. Mm -hmm. So, To be very quick on this um, aspect of my life, I was bleeding. They couldn't find out the reason. They had me swallow a little pill, which was actually a camera. I got a phone call from the doctor shortly after that. And this is part of the weird part because, like I said, I'm not a fearful person, but I can specifically remember exactly where I was standing and what I was Mm -hmm. doing when the doctor called me. And he said, basically, I needed to go to the University of Michigan and it would be an urgent consult because he didn't want me to continue to bleed. So, once God got me there very quickly, I had lots of scans um, prior to surgery. I had the surgery that I had, the surgeon was expecting a different kind of cancer. So, he left my lymph nodes in and then i realized that it wasn't curable the complications of surgery started happening believe it or not i started having seizures which i was like where did this come from yeah that is scary and then the cancer symptoms came back wow that is so
0: that's like so much fear you have no control yes
1: yes i lost pretty much everything that i felt defined me So that's the bad stuff, the trial. And now we can go on to God's faithfulness to me, and I can actually see his hand in almost everything, almost every aspect of that trial. To begin with, I, like Julie said, was in a Bible study with her and many other godly women that were very compassionate and um, also dedicated to prayer. And they also gave me scripture to focus on. And one of the first scriptures that I actually really um, loved was Philippians 4, 6. And we'll talk more about that later. So now I want to talk about some specific ways that I can definitely see God's hand in all this journey. So number one, I didn't bleed to death. Number two, the camera pill that I swallowed finally showed something Mm. to give us some answers. And because of some certain circumstances, they actually did CAT scans from my brain down. They were worried about some metastasis and more tumors. And I can specifically remember exactly where Bill and I were on the road when they called us and said that all of those scans were normal. Oh, wow. So this gets a little bit difficult to yeah. talk about.
0: Yeah, and we've already talked on the podcast before that God actually gives us emotion. Yes. And it's okay. We just have to not let our emotion control us, sure. which I know it didn't, but I do think this is really important to talk about how these are emotional things that you went through, and there might be somebody listening who's going through something similar, and it's it's okay, right? It's okay to have some emotion with it. So what else happened?
1: So the surgery was very quick, which was um, great, because they expected to be a few hours. Yay. Um, The lymph nodes were left in, which um, I immediately uh, spent spent some time educating myself, and I knew that that was not a good thing. Okay.
0: I don't know anything about cancer, but I know I've heard from people that that is one thing I know that's connected. Yes, definitely. If you get cancer in your lymph nodes, it's not good.
1: Yes, definitely. So about six months after seizures, I st- or after surgery, I started having seizures, which wow. led me to be more dependent. Yes, and even less educated than I thought that I was. Um, I had a, an amazing doctor that was referred to me, and because of her great care, those are under control now. Praise God. Yes, I also had some life-altering surgery complications, and because of those complications. I decided to further my care and find more direction. OK. And then this is the weird part that Julie and I have talked about. So my husband, Bill, is a nurse. And he's been a nurse for, gosh, 20 plus years. And that's what you do.
0: Yes, that's I'm a, what I'm doing. a nurse, too.
1: Yeah. So given that experience, it is extremely unusual to be given an offer of Um, A flight to Denver with a free conference, free flight for one person, free lodging, and free food. And right prior to Bill finding out that he was nominated for that to go, I knew of probably the world's best surgeon for this specific type of cancer was in Denver. Now, if I didn't have a return of symptoms... And if Bill didn't have this Denver trip offered to him, I wouldn't have gone. To Denver to see a specific doctor? No, no, no. <laughs> so once going out to Denver, I found out that I needed a repeat surgery to decrease some of the complications from the first. And while he was in surgery, he removed and found some cancerous lymph nodes Hmm. so that means julie that i have a slower progression of the cancer okay but praise god
0: boy you can see god's hand
1: through all of that yes
0: because we we will face trials we will have health issues situations but it would be easy to be discouraged and think come on god why did you give me this cancer to start with why are you not being faithful to me but actually what you saw what you just told us was all the ways that God was faithful to you, even in this challenge. Even like giving your husband a trip out to Denver so you could go too.
1: Yes, yeah. That's
0: amazing.
1: So I realized I needed to be faithful to God because he was being faithful to me. Hmm. I needed to trust in his goodness and focus on the times I can see his hand in all this.
0: Yeah, that is really good to hear. It's um, very easy to think that when we are going through a trial that God isn't there. Absolutely. But he is actually there and he is actually ordaining things. He is actually sovereign over the trial and all the ins and outs. Even the fact that your husband was able to get that trip out to Denver so you could see, go out yourself and see the specialty doctor. Yes. yep. So that's amazing.
1: So all of this leads me to say that God was in power. God was good to me. And God also stripped away the feelings that I was self-sufficient, that I was educated That I was in control and that I wasn't a fearful woman.
0: Yeah. That's interesting how God through trials grows us. And that sounds like what happened to you. Yes, yes. Every trial I've ever had in my life, if they just lead me to grow and change. And I, which is good. I will say that every time I've been in a trial, I wasn't always wanting it. No, (laughs) It was not what, I wasn't like, Lord, please give me a trial so I can grow. No. (laughs) But they're all good in the end. Okay. So. Kylie, will everything, when people have trials like these, will everything end up like, oh, they say a bed of roses? You know, will it always, does God's, his faithfulness always mean that everything goes perfect? Um, Will we have trials and is God still faithful? Or did he forget about us?
1: Well, first, the bed of roses and lovely thing. (laughs) No. Sometimes the answer to prayer is no. And trials can be hard and they're usually ugly. And they're also inevitable and have a purpose to glorify him and point us and others to God. God can use the trials for us to speak of him and to be a great example of what it means to be a Christian.
0: Hmm. That's a good point.
1: Good. And then Philippians 4, 6, I said that we'd go back to that, but what it actually says is, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh,
0: you know, Kylie, Philippians 4 is my very favorite chapter in the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember memorizing this verse um, in the nineteen like eighty eight. My mom had needle pointed it and put it up on the bathroom wall. And I was doing my big 80s hair. So I was in there a lot and I memorized it because it was there and I read it every day. But it is such a good piece of truth.
1: Yes, yes. And honestly, Julie, in the very beginning, it says be anxious for nothing. And I thought, huh, check, I don't have um, the struggle of fears that many women have. And I thought, OK, I'm pretty good. And then it said, but in everything by prayer and supplication, And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, how much am I actually praying and how much am I asking God to only heal me but bring me closer to him and -hmm. then the thanksgiving part was easier after i looked back at god's hand in all the ugly stuff Mm -hmm. and could clearly see that that made that the faithfulness easier oh that's interesting you know one of the things you did as we talked is you
0: kind of made a list i'm a list girl (laughs) i love lists and fun pens but you kind of made a list of all the ways you saw god's hand what a really good practical thing for women to do when they're going through a trial is to keep a running list. So you can go back and see, I mean, maybe you didn't write it on paper, but you know, you could do that. You could write it in your journal or on a piece of paper on the side of your fridge. These are all the ways that I see God being faithful to me in the middle of this challenge and how great it would be for you to be able to go back and keep seeing those and reading those. That's an excellent thing. That's an excellent way to be thankful.
1: Yes. We actually have a thankfulness book at home. I'm not always very diligent about writing in it, but this was uh, this journey was one specific thing that I um, journaled about. And then there's other things in life that were also trials. But um, definitely writing that down has been helpful. And it'll be a legacy for yes. my children.
0: Yes, it will be. I-, I mean, you have how many kids? Five. What are you going to do, photocopy it so they each get their own? I'm not sure. I
1: haven't <laughs> thought about that
0: yet. <laughs>
1: you have to rewrite them, right?
0: Um, you have to actually get it published. Yes. That's what you should get. Okay, so Kylie, um, you know now that we've gotten through your story, which I really appreciate you sharing with all of us, how have you been faithful to God? You told us how God was faithful to you, but where have you seen victory in your own life about being faithful
1: to God? Well, certainly some of it is in i believe god's discipline to me Mm -hmm. i had for the first well one of the first times in my life i had to learn to not be self-sufficient and not be in control and be okay with that Mm -hmm. and at first i wanted to put my trust and faith in medical technology in doctors in certain care and educating myself so I could stay on top of my game for my own body.
0: Sure. I mean, that's what you do as a nurse is you trust in those things. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I've learned in faithfulness to depend on God's goodness and his plan and his direction and to remember always to look back at the things in the hands that he's done in my life through this trial which should and does focus Um, on the future Mm -hmm. and takes away some of my fear. So I mentioned before that I've never really been a fearful person. In fact, I, you know, I hear lots of different sermons on it and women's teachings and in my pride, I thought, well, what's the big deal? Like just get control of your emotions. And um, especially in the day-to-day fears, I didn't very, have very much compassion. Right. And then through this, especially in the very beginning, I realized that fear is real. Like Mm. there's times that fear cannot be avoided. I specifically remember different nights when Bill and I, so at night is when it's the hardest, but um, I can specifically remember laying in bed and Bill and I just not having words Hmm. but um, having fear. And that, like I said, that's real, and it's difficult to talk about. So it gave me compassion for those that have these fears for maybe trials that are as difficult as mine, maybe um, fears that aren't as difficult, but it definitely made me realize that fear is something that's real, and it's also something that you can't stay in. So if you're wallowing in fear, you're maybe not being faithful to God in a way that he is to us.
0: Right, I think that's really good that you point out the fact that, well, a couple of things you said that I heard were the fact that there are times we don't even really know how to voice our fear. Like sometimes we know we're fearful, but it is, um, it's a little overwhelming. Fear can sure. be overwhelming. But I love how you said you don't have, you, you don't want to stay there.
1: No. You <laughs> got to get
0: out of it. And of course, Jesus is the only way to get out of our fear. Um, and it doesn't mean it's going to be quick. I'm guessing that getting out of fear is a process.
1: It is. And when, when a trial is prolonged and you go through different waves of different diagnoses and different, um, physical feelings and, um, changing in, in care, uh, those fears come in waves. And it does seem to, if you look back at what God has done, the waves that are the fearful ones, they tend to last shorter times.
0: Okay. So that leads me to the next question because you've shared a lot of victory I mean, you've had some physical victory through all of this. You've been able to see that God has helped you with the physical end of your cancer and um, also with some of the struggles with fear. But like, if I'm going to ask you about victories, I have to ask you about some of the struggles and what specifically would have been some struggles that you had during uh, this
1: challenge? So one of the biggest struggles that I've dealt with and that I'm with God's help. I'm trying to overcome is this uh, weird cancer that I have is not um, curable, so it's a fight for me to fear and or not fear the symptoms coming back, which means that I have to face it again and I have to do more aggressive treatments. Mm. And then there's um, the fear of missing out on life because of possibly a shortened lifespan which i just expected to live till 85. i know you're a farmer you should (laughs) farmers should live a long time yes and you know if i look back at the longevity of my great-grandparents i I thought well i'm set (laughs) you know i'm gonna be totally physically fine and i'm gonna have a long life and not not deal with doctors and things of that such so just recently i had a pastor a great pastor um, pulled me aside at the beginning of church one morning and he shared with me that he was given a diagnosis that, um, it wasn't expected that he'd live past 50. Mm. And the best part of this is that he's probably 60s. early 60s. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to offend here. <laughs> um, but, uh, he pulled me aside and he said, When I was given that diagnosis and that um, forecast of life expectancy, my primary concern and my primary desire was to see all of my children come to faith. And I thought, wow, that's that's an amazing thought process because often my thought process went to what am I going to miss or what are my children going to miss with Mm. the experiences of having a mom?
0: Yeah, that's interesting. That's kind of a um, paradigm shift. Rather than thinking about ourselves, you kind of put your heart and your thoughts on um, the plans God has. It's kind of what happened in your story that you talked with this pastor. He changed, you know, from his perspective that he wanted to just grow old. He's like, you know what I really want? My kids to love God. So that's interesting. That's like we have to switch our brains.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, it's much easier to change the me focus to um, the focus of priorities and actually about someone other than myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So how did you overcome the feelings that you had?
1: Well, I've talked a little bit about looking back on God's goodness and what he's already done for me and just all the crazy things that are not happening by chance and, um, also the focus of my mission.
0: Mm, that's good. That's, um, kind of keeping your heart. It's like, uh, like they do on a ship, you know, they kind of like write the rudders, right? Yes. <laughs> and keep everything focused in the right place. Yes. And I think that's a, that's a good example. Okay. So let's talk for a little bit. Um, first off, thank you for sharing your story. Sure. I know sharing stories is sometimes challenging and I appreciate that, um, because I think it's helpful for women to think and listen and, There could be women sitting in their houses right now who are going to face a challenge as big as this one, and maybe this podcast will be an encouragement to them, and maybe there are women who are like you, already through a good chunk of it, Yes. and uh, maybe they need to kind of have a resettling time where they can think through. Okay, so let's talk about some ways that we need to be faithful to others in our lives, to those around us. So let's break it up into some different groups. Um, Let's talk a little bit about marriage first. Um, This is just a really clear way that we're called to be faithful. So what are some like big, broad strokes Um, and maybe some subtle ways that we need to be faithful in our marriage?
1: So in a large way, placing our husbands first, and that can be done in subtle ways, like um, stopping the kids from interrupting when uh, the husband is talking putting his schedule and his desires about my schedule first he really doesn't work like me working a whole lot and I like working and getting out with the people at the hospital and so I have to actually pull myself back and I don't want to say obey but honor Mm -hmm. his wishes and that the order of our house and I probably the big one is putting his desires over myself we or I at least tend to be very focused on what I desire. Mm.
0: Yeah, I remember um, one thing that, that I've done in my marriage is I will ask my husband, what's one thing I can do for you today?
1: Yes, yes. And,
0: and sometimes I, it's an easy thing, like, you know, I have no more underwear in the drawer. Can you put more <laughs> underwear in the drawer? I'm like, yes, I can do that. <laughs> sometimes it's, can you drive to this place and pick up these seven things and bring them to this place, you know? And that's way bigger But um, that's just a really simple thing to ask, a really great way to be faithful. Yeah.
1: So on the topic of my desires, uh, meeting my husband's desires physically is another challenging aspect of our marriage, and it's just sort of a fact of life in most marriages, and so... If you can put your husband above yourself, even in that area, that's probably one of the priorities of your husband.
0: Yeah. You know what? Actually, um, Kylie, I'm going to stop and do a little commercial. <laughs> um, we have put one of your talks from our mom to mom ministry on the podcast a few months ago, back in November. And we taught, you talked about increasing intimacy and uh, I think I, you and I talked that I was putting it on. (laughs) Uh, It was, it was really good. And so if you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, head back, it's called increasing intimacy. We dropped it sometime in November. It's really helpful for this particular kind of way to be faithful to your husband. It's just way more than we could talk right now, you know? (laughs) Um, Also, I I would say one thing that I would add to what you said is I think um, being faithful to our husbands means we speak of them positively. I think I don't know if you've ever seen this um, on social media where someone is irritated with their husband, and so they tell everyone on social media how Mm -hmm. mad they are. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're in a group of people and someone is being really critical of their husband, whether they're there or not. I think that is so detrimental to a marriage. And I think it's not faithfulness to our spouses at all. And it's something we need to be careful with. Um, I can think of times where my husband said to me, you know, when you said that, this is how it made me feel when you said that in a group. And I had to go, whoa, I didn't mean that. Or I was just trying to be funny. And so really, we have to be aware of it. It made me aware of making sure that in group settings, I'm faithful to my husband with what I say.
1: Yes, for sure. Uh, One more example that I wanted to give about faithfulness to our husbands is not comparing husbands and not comparing what makes them feel loved. You really have to maybe even sit down and have a talk. That's what Bill and I did. Okay, what are the top five priorities of how you feel loved? And that might look different from family to family. So being faithful to ask your own husband what you need to be working on to show him that he's loved by you.
0: Yeah, that's a really good, another really good practical thing to do. Um, uh, really good. Okay, what about parenting? Let's jump into parenting. What are ways we need to and can be faithful as
1: a parent? So being faithfulness and parenting is much harder than being faithful and loving my husband because he's probably my favorite person in the world. But I think of the obedience to God's word and, and disciplining, loving, and training them up to be righteous before God. And it's also, like I talked about earlier, it's trusting God for their salvation in his timing and requesting to see that. We should be Mm -hmm. praying for that in our children.
0: Yeah, I think prayer is such a big one when it comes to faithful parenting because we know God is the one that's doing the work. I mean, we need to be disciplining. You mentioned that, loving, training our kids, all those things. But God is really the one who does work in the hearts of our kids Um, So I think think those are really good, good things. What about extended family? I know you have a gigantic extended (laughs) family. How can we be faithful to those who are still a part of our family? You know, aunts, uncles, cousins. Maybe you could even throw in your husband's family in this too. You know, like all those people that we call our family. How can we be faithful to them?
1: The first thing that I would say is you need to be with them. Hmm. So, and part of being with them in, in that attraction is having fun together. So you could have them over to play cards. You could find exactly what each family, because it's it's a little bit different with Bill's family and then my family, of what is fun to them and what's an attraction. And once they're in your home, which is also a commandment of God, is to be hospitable. Once they're in your home, it's much easier to speak of things of God, and it could be just we're having a family dinner, and it might be unusual or uncomfortable to have everybody come together and have Bill say a prayer, and that's out of the norm for a lot of extended families. And that gives you a chance to speak of God. It can be also subtle ways of Mm -hmm. your language or your verbiage. It can be talking about a trial or talking about something that was awesome that happened to you and saying, praise God. I can remember coming to this church and the term praise God was very formal. Uh,
0: foreign. 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 It was it's very foreign. foreign
1: to me. And it was just a subtle way to be like, oh, like you yeah. you give glory to God. Or it wasn't like, oh, that was awesome. I was, you know, this coincidence happened. It's actually giving the glory to the right um, direction.
0: Yeah, and with the word, the phrase "Praise God," we have to make sure that we actually mean it too. Yes, yeah, because it's like it can become cliche or just something we say. Yes. So we do have to make think our think to ourselves. Yeah, am I really meaning "Praise God"? Right yeah. <laughs> when I say that. Okay. What about um, at work? You work full time, correct, or part time? Part time. Part time. But you definitely have worked a lot of hours. Um, what about women who work outside of the home? Like, how can they be faithful at work?
1: Work can be a little bit difficult, be, depending on what environment you're in. Um, Julie, you shared about working in a school district. And um, we'd love to hear your thoughts about how that has happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that I've been, the, throughout the past four or five years, I've been able to substitute teach. Boy, is that an interesting job to have. <laughs> um, you guys all probably remember your substitute teachers. And they weren't always the best. But um, I've had chance to um, be in the school. It's given me an in into um, talking about um, just my family and the situations in my home. My kids are in this school; they're known in the school, and I think um, I was able to do an after-school kids club because the kids knew me. Um, but also, I had a particular incident that was really interesting. I had a class that was difficult. Well, really one child that was extremely difficult. And the school counselor consistently would come in and make sure he was doing okay. And he I prayed that morning. I had him for like a week. A teacher was out for a whole week and I had this really difficult kid. I prayed every morning that God would give me wisdom in dealing with this child and all the other kids cuz you might have a tough kid in the class, but you don't want to lose the other kids. And the counselor came in every day. And at one point she said to me, I don't know what you're doing, but he is on task. Mm -hmm. And he had been doing his work all week. And I thought, this is my chance. And I was a little bit fearful, to be honest, about what I said. But I said, you know what? I don't know if you're a praying person, but I am. And I prayed to God that he would give me a good week with this child. And he has. And the look on this woman's face was a little surprised. (laughs) But it has given me a chance to speak sometimes. And sometimes we have to do that.
1: What about you? So I work, obviously, in the hospital and with some of the sickest of the sickest. And despite amazing medical care and all the advancements, there's times when um, people just don't make it. And that's difficult. I've gotten more comfortable with asking patients and family members if I can pray with them. So I learned that the more you do something like that, the more comfortable it is. And it's also most of the times comforting to the family thinking, wow, i you know, they might not even have thought of it. And it shows compassion and also directs the glory to God again. And I really haven't had any difficulty from management on that. It's a little less out in the open because we're typically in a patient's room. And surprisingly, it's not frowned upon in the hospital. Well, I
0: mean, boy you're dealing with families who are struggling through health crises like you have had, what a great blessing for you to be in there and totally have compassion and be able to say, hey, can I pray with you? Mm -hmm. I, I think most people are very open to prayer.
1: Yes. Yeah. I've never had anyone turn me away. All right. Well, that is,
0: and that's such a, it's really a subtle thing because you're really asking them to do something. You're not telling them just trust God or something, you know. But you're you're saying let's let's pray and go to God that's great okay what about at church uh, you and I go to church together which is great but um how can we be faithful at church
1: so on a side note being faithful is sometimes sharing difficult things and Julie asked me I'm not sure how many times to do this and I kept saying Julie it's it's uh, as you can probably tell in my voice it's too difficult for me to talk about that there's too many emotions it's still fresh and um, she kept saying, it's okay. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. We'll edit it out, anything, which we have had to back up a couple times. And then my husband was like, Kylie, you have a story that needs to be sh- shared. So um, here I am. And that's uh, part of being faithful at church is helping to um, teach other people about struggles and how to overcome them and how to point them to God.
0: Yeah. Like that even could come in, in a Bible study or in a small group when you're with women, if you don't share what's going on in your life, um, you're kind of isolated, and other women cannot be a part of your life then. So, you sharing—I mean, you've shared this with us because we were in Bible study together. I'm not saying sharing everything, but it's good to talk. You can—somebody you, else might be going through the same trial, and so it's great to do that. That's a great way to be faithful. So, and I thank it. I thank you for coming on. <laughs>
1: Um, on that note, another way to be thankful, like Julie said, is to open up and allow people to pray for you. Allow them, believe it or not, it's difficult sometimes, but allow them to accept meals, which is also something that um, we can be doing as a church body to others. Yeah. And you realize how much that th- those things mean to you when they circle back to you and the humbleness of accepting it and specifically like meals and practical things, which sounds silly. But I learned that there was people through other churches, through extended family, praying for me basically all over our country. Mm.
0: Oh, that is great. Prayer is such a great way to be faithful at church, to pray for the other women in the church or to um, be praying for people in your personal circle.
1: Sure, yeah, and on that personal circle – Sometimes it's as simple as being a friend mm. and showing up at a friend's house when they're going through something difficult, when they say, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, um, but actually just making a point to be there. Yeah, because
0: usually when people say I'm
1: okay, they're not okay when it comes to that. <laughs> yes, yep, yeah. so being a part of their lives, bringing um, support to them, prayer to them, meals to them, laughter to them, because uh, you do need joy brought to you mm. when you're You're going through a trial.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: An important way for me to have friendships because work friendships are different than uh, biblical friendships. And most of those for me have been developed and grown through Bible study. And it was through Bible study, through all this difficult um, process that I was given scriptures instead of just hugs and you're going to be fine. Definitely dedicated prayer and um one of the best gifts is the um and they didn't even know this at the time, but my favorite verse, Philippians four, six through seven, is a homemade plaque handwritten by my friends in Bible study. And it's still on the top of one of my kitchen cabinets, and I I actually think on it more because I see it mm. and I also think about the love that I've had through those friendships.
0: Well, yeah, and there is such a faithful thing in attending Bible study. I mean, we receive from being in a Bible study because we receive the friendships, like you said, and also obviously studying the Bible is good. (laughs) But there is something for like, if you have a leader, if you are a faithful attender of Bible study, you are a great encouragement to that Bible study leader. And um, you can help that Bible study leader out by caring for women and by talking to them and just doing just what you said, developing friendships. I think that's such an important thing um, in the idea of faithfulness is it's just really helpful along with that okay so Kylie it was really really great to have you on today and to talk about the topic of faithfulness and I'm really encouraged actually sitting here and hearing you tell your story again it just reminds me that God is faithful to us in the middle of trials in the middle of challenges whatever is going on God is always perfectly faithful to us even if we fail at faithfulness and the challenges you gave us today about how we need to be faithful. Okay. So what are your final thoughts? If you could give me like, I don't know, top your top three things that you could share
1: to kind of sum it all up, what would they be? Oh, Julie, that's difficult if you tell me only three, but (laughs) um, this is what I would challenge is to, to trust God through trials. And follow the command to spread the word through these trials. In the very um, last part of the book of Matthew, he says in it to go and make disciples. And part of going and making disciples is sharing God through your life and hopefully bringing others closer to God or even starting a spark in their faith. Hmm. So that's number one. Number two, and this hits personal to me, kill the feelings of self-sufficiency pride, which could be education or whatever it is, um, control, and what is, like I said, new to me is fear. Mm.
0: That's interesting. How uh, how would you say, what would you say would be the best way to kill those?
1: Well, self-sufficiency was killed by a need for God and his hand in my life. Pride was taking away the thought that I was educated because this cancer is nothing that I or most people have ever heard of and there's not truly a lot of answers. Mm. Control, I felt like my life was out of control until I look back at God's hand and all that and his goodness and care that he gave me and so then I focus in the future of okay well I've got this through God and he will continue to be faithful to take care of me and direct my care and then fear is so this is weird because fear like I said has not been a major part of my life but so fear I learned will come and go and it's real and if you're if you're not dwelling in it meaning you're not getting out of that cycle then you need to be focusing on God's faithfulness on prayer and being humble enough to Ask others for prayer and accept their help and share your story even if it's difficult.
0: Wow, it sounds to me like what you just shared about killing those feelings of pride, control, self-sufficiency, fear, actually got started for
1: you because God gave you this trial. Absolutely,
0: (laughs) and I I, didn't like it, but it's grown me. Yeah, okay, so those were just two things.
1: What's your third one? The third would be looking to God's goodness and giving Him the glory in all things.
0: Thank you, Kylie, so much for coming on today. It has been great to talk with you on this topic. Uh, Would you pray for us?
1: Yes, Father, thank you for um, the discipline that you give us in trials and that that causes us to be faithful to you and to trust in you, to trust in your goodness and to trust in your care for us. We know you're the great physician of all things, whether it be physical or emotional. and we ask that you continue to grow our faith, and that we continue to look for your faithfulness throughout our lives. And I ask that you bless this um, talk, and I hope that it—I hope and believe that you will work in women's hearts through this. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. Hey, thanks, Kylie, so much for coming on. And thank you, listeners, for listening today as we discussed this important topic of everyday faithfulness. I hope that it's given you some good things to think about and some good ways that you can walk forward. Hey, join us next week as we actually continue this kind of concept. We're going to be listening to a talk next week on the topic of trust. I think we've alerted. I think we've alluded to the fact that we can be faithful to God by trusting in Him. So join us next week as we jump into a conversation about how important it is to trust God in His timing. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.